Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 14, Episode 11, Being Gay and Religious. Two of my favorite things, right? It goes hand in hand. It's, uh... It's a miracle that we've made it this far in the season, honestly. For for anybody who no longer watches the show because we provide recaps, I'm just going to go ahead and say again, you're welcome, because this episode was <laughs> grueling, let me tell you. No. Okay. The first time I watched the episode, I felt bored. Right. The second time around, there were a lot of good nuggets. There's some nuggets. Yeah. You got to go back. You got to sift through. You got to find the good stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to bring to you. So we'll kick off the episode here with TLC's description. It's riveting, as always. <laughs> Gird your loins. The sister wives visit Mariah and her fiancé, Audrey, in Chicago. Mary opens up about how badly she behaved when Mariah first came out as gay, and Mariah confesses about her struggles growing up gay in their polygamous church. Oh, yeah, there is not too many um progressive people working at TLC. Let's put, put it, it that, that way. way. Yeah, let's put it that way. That's a good way to put it. Most of the most of the people involved in this episode probably, yeah, weren't weren't prepared. Well, this is the learning channel, so yeah. they are going to make sure that, you know, we we learn about the fact that it's very difficult to be religious in organized religion and be gay. That's something that nobody really knew before. Right. Yeah. Until they revealed this to us. Thank God. Somebody shouldn't like Thank God for TLC. Oh man. Somebody's bringing at least talking about the real stories, you know. Bringing the bringing the real hard truths. In all honesty, though, it was shocking to see how little content there was in this episode, and they were grasping at straws to put things together for this. Ninety day fiance literally leached into the first five minutes of the sister wives time slot because 
They couldn't fill a full hour with this episode. I'm trying to think, what was the end of 90 Day Fiance? I don't recall. Yeah, I don't remember what the last scene was, but I'm, I'm sure whatever it was, it was better than... Oh, gosh, even just the, the preview for next week from 90 Day is always better than what Sister Wives brings out for their regular episode. All right, enough bashing of our own show. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we'll bring it back in. So let's get to the real part of the episode here. The true episode description, if I may call it that. Carly, please lay it on us. I took some time to really craft and refine this one this week. This is all you. This is your time to shine. Definitely put more time into this than whoever at TLC is writing the episode descriptions. So, oh yeah, I'm just saying I'm available for hire. You know, hit us up. The sister wives test their lactose tolerance in Chicago. Truly becomes a feminist icon. God continues to ignore Robin's prayers. Mariah refuses her right to party. And Mary learns how to cut down a tree. (laughs) Valuable skill sets. Valuable skill sets were attained on the trip to Chicago. And so... Uh, obviously, from the the onset of the episode here, the the wives are in Chicago. So just a heads up. We were Chicagoans, we were Chicagoans. For, for quite a period of time. It was a good stretch of time. It was about seven years. We spent a lot of time in Chicago. So we know all the pitfalls of typical tourism, mm. all the traps. We've taken many a family member and friend for the Chicago tour. To the Bean, primarily. So many trips to the Bean. A lot of time in Millennium Park. A lot of deep dish pizza. Lots of deep dish pizza. But most of that was by choice. And we're happy about it. That was where our <laughs> relationship started, guys. Actually, if we're talking true stuff. Actually, it, if it we're talking did. true talk. Over a Giordano's pizza. It was Giordano's pizza. Because that's a real story. That's the real pizza, too. That's the good stuff. Okay. <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll get into that. We're going to rip this to shreds. Um, <laughs> but please, if, if anybody's confused by the references, we apologize in advance. This is going to be some deep track Chicago jokes in here. So it's going to be a little treasure trove for the Chicago fans out there. Anybody in Illinois who kind of knows some of the nuances and subtleties or people who are familiar with the city, the second city, the windy city. Yeah. Boy, for anybody out there who's, uh, who's real familiar with the Chicago, we're going to give you the full spread here. The wives go to Chicago to visit Mariah. Obviously. Obby. We open with them lost on lower Wacker. The Batmobile rips by them. They can't find the Billy Goat Tavern. Cheeburger, cheeburger. <laughs> That's all they want. Robin tells us that she isn't nervous because she has her sister wives with her and they can take anyone on. Uh, there should be a large asterisk here and say they can take anyone on in River North. Right. Because, you know, it's dangerous out there in River North. Yeah. And she throws up a, a fake gang sign just to show how serious she is. 99.99% of all gang-related activity takes place in River North. So... <laughs> So things are off to a great start. That's when you know that people are visiting from a small town. They get nervous in River North because they think it's like a real underbelly of a city. And it's like, no, guys, this is the good part. Well, I mean, they were on Lower Wacker and that is the underbelly. It is. It's literally the underbelly. They go to Chino's East for deep dish pizza. Big mistake. There's your first strike. Oh, you done goofed. Uh, Oh, my God. So many problems with this. Yeah. So let's start with the obvious. Well, first problem they're only a block over from a Lou Malnati's. Yeah. And if you're going to make a choice between Gino's and Lou's, you go to Lou's. It's Lou's. Lou's has such better toppings, let me tell you. Their sausage, top notch. Their crust kind of tastes like Pizza Hut crust to me, which I'm not a huge fan of because it's their butter crust. So I'm not as into it as our staple Giordano's, Giordano's which is a perfect balance of sauce, cheese, and crust. 
So they're committing a major sin here. Unforgivable. Eating, eating pizza at Gino's in River North, paying $50 for a pizza and yeah. what looked like, I think they had mozzarella sticks or something. Don't load up on, you don't need appetizers oh, when you get yes. stuffed pizza. Mistake numero uno. Rookie mistake. No apps. No. You're barely going to get through your pizza. You don't even want salad. Salad's too much. <laughs> That's going to take up too much room. You're never going to get through this pizza. You're basically going to eat an entire block of mozzarella cheese very shortly. So at least one chill. Yeah. Chill on the app. You don't need more cheese. You might not even want to order soda. Even the carbonation. Too much. The syrup hits your stomach. It fills you up. You don't want it. You're going to be walking back to your hotel feeling like you're about to barf. Yeah. Burping. Your stomach is just like full to bursting. Your belt's about to pop off. Been there, done that. (laughs) So... They're sitting at the table waiting for their pizza and Robin is already teeing up the emotional breakdown that she's going to have on this trip. And uh, she's again reminding us of the fact that she has this ongoing fight with Cody that we spent an entire episode watching about last week. Uh, So don't want to talk about that anymore, but Robin does. And Mary points out that there is a burger and fry pizza on the menu. That's strike number two, guys. That is strike Number two, unforgivable. I, I gagged a little. Yes, yeah, gross. Too, guys. That's too many things. Do not put too many things in this pizza. No. If you're gonna go with it, you're gonna go with the deep dish. Stick with some basic things: spinach, pepperoni, pepperoni, sausage. sausage. Really, outside of that, don't veer too far. Yeah, don't do that. No, it doesn't. The novelty is in the pie itself. You do not need to put novelty on top of novelty. Imagine floating. A burger and pickles and french fries inside of just a block of melted cheese, because that's what you're doing. That's basically what's happening. Wrap it in dough and bake it for 45 minutes, which is why Robin has plenty of time to cook up this mental breakdown that she's been working on here ever so subtly. If anyone has ever waited for a deep dish pizza, you know that you've got a solid 45 minutes to an hour. At least, yeah. To sit there and make awkward conversations. So it's really no surprise that Robin is trying to tee up a sob fest at this point especially when you're with people where it's like you're not entirely comfortable with them you haven't known them for very long or you know just maybe you just hate each other but you have to take this family trip together you know tlc paid for the ticket mary has signed a one-year lease on a new rental home and robin gives us her unwanted two cents about the fact that she would never have signed a one-year lease what was the reasoning behind that so she said she wants to move on to the property as fast as possible. Remember, that was like fair enough an episode ago. That's a big deal. But now it's she tells deal. us it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So now she tells us that she would not ever sign a one year lease because she just experienced signing a one year lease and then them selling the house. So instead, she would only sign a two year lease because she doesn't want her rental to be sold out from under her was kind of the implication. So move as quickly as possible. But also stay in a rental as long as possible. And then also whiplash. Whiplash, guys. This is whiplash at its finest. Robin has resentment to Mary for signing a one-year lease because Robin only signed a one-year lease and now she's in the predicament that she's in. Have they been in Flagstaff for a year? Yes. Wow. So not technically yet in the timeline. Right. But by the time her lease will have technically expired, yes, it would have been a year. Okay. So that did sneak up on me because the storyline is moving very quickly because they're a year behind. Yeah, it's very quick. So, okay, reassessing my outrage. I'm going (laughs) to redirect it here. Hold on. Let me pivot. 
Robin is experiencing regret of her own lease. So now she's mad at Mary for not making the decision that Robin made a year ago. I don't know that she's mad at her. She's just kind of explaining that she would never make that decision because she's a lot better of a decision maker. But Robin, because you messed up on one decision, that doesn't mean that moving forward from, from now until eternity, only sign two-year leases because I should have signed a two-year lease that one time. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's a good decision moving forward, correct? Uh. Correct, but not in Robin world. Right. With a normal train of thought, one could probably agree with that statement. The other thing that bothered me about this is you can go ahead and sign a two-year lease, but most people who are going to rent you a home that they own are going to make sure that they have a clause in your contract that states that they may sell the home at any time, provided they give you a certain amount of notice. Like um, 60 days? Just like she received Probably. this time. So, but you know, that's in a contract and Robin doesn't read Robin contracts. Robin doesn't read contracts. She just signs her name. Just put the X where I need to sign it. The money isn't real. No. No. No, no, no. I don't need to worry my pretty little head about any of this. Moving on. Janelle can't believe that Robin is even talking about the fact that she's having issues with Cody because that's something that she doesn't typically do. It's the so hush hush, yeah. Now we get to see how petty Robin is. Ooh. Because she tells us that while she's gone in Chicago, Cody is going to take the kids to go look at some houses. And she hopes they hate them. Hate, 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 hate the house. So rather than hoping that your kids find a house that they like and that will actually help them be excited about having to pack their crap up and move again... You hope they hate all of them and that you just continue to be perpetually homeless for the next seven weeks. I want them to linger in obscurity. Mary's back on the sauce and she gives us another gem this season. She was in full. Yeah, she was in full force. She was. They said that they toasted with water, but I mean. There's was a little vodka in there. There's was a little something. There's a little. She starts trying to talk about their rentals and then she stops herself and she says, you know what? I'm trying to be too deep here. Like, why am I? even trying to to go here. And she hits us with the fact that she doesn't think that God really cares where they live. And then she breaks out into hysterical laughter. Well, because everybody was going through these serious, serious takes on, oh, I've been praying so hard. I've been doing, you know, Robin's talking about the rentals and moving and and then Janelle's talking about it. God's got a plan for us. He's going to put us where we need to be. Christine's talking about how she bought, which it seems to be the only thing that we keep hearing her say. I bought. She made the right decision. All right. She's going to rub it into everybody's face as soon as she gets the chance. So she got the chance. So she brought it up again. But then we get to Mary and she kind of starts on that track, too. And then she's like, I don't God doesn't give a shit where we live, guys. Mary is done pretending. I'm over this. Man. I like that, Mary. Come on. Stay out here with us, Mary. Give me a shot of Malort. She's been shooting Malort on the way to Geno's. <laughs> Everybody's like, what's that smell? Ugh. They're having conversations still. At Chino's because the pizza still has not come out yet. Guys, did you notice that we did not see them eat a piece of pizza? Yeah. What? What? Cameras left. The cameras were like, guys, we got to we got to cut crew. This we're going into overtime now. We got it. We got to go. <laughs> the crew was like, sorry, guys, we, we got to go over to lose. We got a pizza over there. <laughs> I ordered. It's time I ordered for a crew pick break. Up. Time for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so Janelle, as they're sitting at the table, says uh, Cody's there and he's whatever. But this is the core right here. Us girls, this this is is the core. This is where the magic happens, guys. 
Uh, Janelle and the rest of the wives agree that they enjoy being together and away from Cody and the kids as well, but, you know, mainly Cody. And Christine tells us about how much she loves these ladies at the table and she will gladly live right next door to them for the rest of her life. Again, fuck Biggie Housie. <laughs> not doing it, guys. Christine's not having it. No, I really enjoy how she has to keep making sure she leaves these like little jabs in there here oh, yeah. and there for us. Like, Oh, yeah. She keeps beating the idea down. <laughs> Any chance she gets, whether Cody's there or not, she's solid. She's got it. She's got the stance. The war on pizza continues. If you thought that there wasn't enough sin being committed against pizza in this episode already, get ready because Cody and the kids are making pizza. Oh, my God. So Cody's home with the kids at Robin's house, of course. Yeah. You catch that. The safe zone. His house. (laughs) His house while the wives are in Chicago. And we get to watch them make some some form of pizza. (sighs) Loosely defined as pizza. It's... It's kind of like crescent roll dough. Right. It appears to be very Pillsbury-esque. Mm. And the sauce to cheese ratio is off. Oy. The pizzas come out of the oven and Cody is concerned. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. They pray over the pizzas, which is now more out of a necessity yeah. than any form of like devotion. Dear God, please protect us from the food we're about to consume. Yes, because most of the dough does appear to be uncooked. Very raw. Yeah, very raw. It was a very dense pizza. Mm -hmm. Definitely was not cooked all the way. They didn't use the roller. I didn't see a rolling pin. No, because they literally popped open the Pillsbury dough. Slab them together. And then they just unrolled the dough and put it in the baking sheet. That's what happened. There were dark times where I have used Pillsbury biscuit dough as like some sort of a pizza base for something before, but not crescent roll. Cody doesn't think that any of the kids are going to be polygamists. He thinks that they're going to end up being Christians. I think his kids have witnessed what growing up in a polygamist family is all about. And they know this is this is enough. He hasn't really sold them on the idea. This will do for me. Yeah, like that's I'm all set on the polygamy front now. I've got that covered and no more. Thanks. He does have regrets because he tells us that he thinks that if the kids had been more focused on religion growing up that maybe they would want to be polygamists. If they hadn't moved to the sin bin of Vegas. You know, there's just been, you know, right. There's been too many things distracting them, like packing and Mm. moving. Oh, yeah. And transferring to different schools and making all new friends Mm -hmm. and then packing and moving again. Yeah. Social anxieties and panic attacks, panic disorders, you know, little stuff tends to Divert away from that eternal devotion. Being thrown out of your church. Little stuff. Now we're back in Chicago and the sister wives are going to visit Mariah and Audrey today at their apartment. Yay. And their dog Mosby. Mosby. Who is the only person in the family who really likes Mary at this point. Oh man. And I love Mosby. (laughs) Me love him so much. Yeah, he was cute. Now, Mariah's on the couch with Audrey, and she tells us about her sexual awakening. This was the part of the episode I wasn't ready for. Me either. I just, sometimes the things that Mariah says just irritate the shit out of me. Anyone else, you feel that? In a time and a place. Uh, yeah. I just feel like, you know, did you have to say sexual awakening? Do you think she would have said sexual awakening if her mom was there? I don't know. I would like to think that she would not. But 
there's another part of me that says oh, I don't she know. Totally I would. just feel like she spends a lot of time trying to seem really woke. That's and I think that's what irritates me more than anything about it. But what is she majoring in social justice and political science? I don't know if political Double science is, it's social justice and something social else. Social justice and and wokeness. <laughs> wokeness. With a with a minor in wokeness. Yep. So anyway, she let's not use the word sexual awakening. She met Audrey and realized that she was attracted to girls. That's the bottom line. No big deal. One way to find out. But you make us all uncomfortable by using the word sexual awakening. I'm yeah. not going to tell you about my sexual awakening. <laughs> don't tell me about your sexual awakening. You could have explained that in a different, you know. I don't think anybody needs to share the story of their sexual awakening to anybody ever. <laughs> That's just me personally. Now Mariah has another bomb to drop on us because she comes out to Audrey about the fact that her first date ever was with Audrey. And Audrey is alarmed by this. Yes. She is She is visibly shook and has concerns. The, the darting eyes kind of looking at the producer, looking at Mariah and just like, wait, uh, serious? Are you yeah, really? Now she's like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. I'm engaged to this bitch. Oh, my and God. And like, she's never been on a date before me. And we're not just saying like, not just a date with a girl, a date with anyone, period. Ever. Ever. That's the level of shelteredness that you're getting into here. I will say they do seem very happy with each other. Oh, on absolutely. The couch. Absolutely. And they do. They gel very well. They communicate very well. Mm-hmm. And Audrey seems like a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. She's up for anything. Uh, I mean that in a good way. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. So now today, back in Flagstaff, Cody is going to be a dad to the kids who aren't just Robins. And he is teaching Truly and Solomon to ride bikes. Yeah, Cody's parenting style is summarized as neglect. And so when the moms are gone, he has to neglect each child on an individual basis now. So he can't just hide at Robins and ignore everyone. He's got to make time to ignore the feelings of each child that he directly interacts with on a one-on-one -on -one basis right so solomon already pretty much has the bike riding down so it doesn't really seem like he is teaching him to ride a bike today he's kind of just you know there like he's yeah, always seemed, there it seemed like solomon was yeah he did not need to learn how to ride a bike no he was just kind of cruising around does solomon talk is this because i'm this season he has not spoken, except for when he was on Robin's lap when they were announcing the move. And he didn't, we didn't even really get an, a track with audio of him speaking. We just saw him kind of mouth something across the room. But I just, I've never heard the kid talk. So I just wasn't sure if that was like something I should expect to happen or just kind of let that go and just be like, nah, he's good. Don't you worry about him. 
I mean, if Robin was your mom, would you talk a lot? If Cody was my dad, I wouldn't talk ever. <laughs> I wouldn't say anything. I would want to fly so low under the radar. Truly hasn't learned to ride a bike yet, and she is already predicting that it is not going to go well. Cody got the heads up from Christine that there's been attempts made to teach Truly to ride a bicycle, mm-hmm. and it has not gone well. So, of course, Cody hasn't been around, apparently, for any of the times that Christine has tried to teach Truly how to ride a bike. Um, So she has to fill him in, like you said, on the fact that she is pretty traumatized at this point. She has fallen a lot. She is not really into the bike. Good luck. But it's got to go better than the last time that Cody was left to watch Truly while the wives went on vacation. What happened last time? Let's just say she ended up in the hospital. Truly almost died on the couch last time. Get her some Pedialyte. Yeah, yeah. truly needed some Pedialyte last time. Gatorade. So I didn't see any Gatorade out there while they were riding bikes. So Mm -hmm. maybe Cody should have stocked up on that. Yeah, she wasn't freaked out. She was just low on electrolytes. They did go to the store, though, because Cody bought her a new bike, which looks a little too big for her. It's a mountain bike. Yeah, especially if you're going to be learning on a bike. Maybe start with something a little Uh, Something a little less intimidating. A little bit. So he puts her on Saul's bike. Which is smaller and has training wheels on it. Good idea, good idea. But she immediately starts freaking out because she's scared. And Cody is moving her way too fast down the driveway. She is not cool with the speed. She doesn't really know how to stop. She doesn't want to do it. And Cody responds with, that's too bad. She's going to ride a bike. There are moments here with Cody. Things started off okay. Let's teach Truly to ride a bicycle. She saw a bike at the store. She got excited about it. They start with the basics of even just existing on the bike. Yeah, he shows her how to get on the bike, how to sit. Sit on it. He's pushing pushing her, teaching her to keep her eyes up. Don't look at the ground because that can throw you off when you're on the, you know, so he's, he's got good teaching. He's got tips. He's got tips and tricks. And then we slowly develop his frustration. He's got no patience. He's got no patience, though. Yeah, the t- as soon as she started to whine a little bit. A little bit. And that not was e- the end. Not even whine, just voicing concern. Well, she was not- scared. Right, and right. so she was voicing concern. That's not whining, guys. It's- she's saying, I'm uncomfortable with the speed that we're going right now. I would like to stop. That's not a bad thing to say. I wouldn't like someone to throw me on a bike and shove me down the driveway going super fast if I didn't know how to ride a bike. I can understand. There was probably a point where Cody explained using the brakes. Because that was what he was trying to say was when they were going, if she wants to stop, squeeze. you have the brakes, squeeze the brakes. The thing that frustrated me was, why don't we start at step one? She's not comfortable riding a bike that has training wheels yet. Why did you put her on a bike without training wheels that was also a little bit too big for her right out the gate? Because yeah. now you take her off that bike and she's terrified. She doesn't like this other bike either, even though she has way less of a chance of falling off of it. Right, that, she doesn't, was, that doesn't matter to her at this she point. She was still panicking when she was on the bike with training wheels. She was afraid she was going right. to fall off. And it's like, you can't, no, you, it well, stays also, up. <laughs> the training wheels were off the ground. She seems like she hasn't even, if she hasn't even mastered holding on to the handles and looking ahead and turning the bike, stopping the bike, maybe not time to go aggressive on the mountain bike. Plus when you, again, when you put your kid in a stressful situation and then you're throwing this information at them and then say, you know, there are certain things that she's in theory supposed to be doing and handling at this point. 
with squeezing the brakes if she wants to stop. She's not going to remember that at a critical point when she feels like she's in danger. So now Truly hits us with an iconic quote. It's not fair at all. It's my choice. This is my body and I'm not going to ride a bike. Thank you, Gloria Steinem. Oh, good Lord. Here's the part where I can play on the other side as well, too. It is kind of a dad's responsibility to put their kids into situations that they don't necessarily want to do, but it is for their betterment, right? There's I'm the, not saying that she shouldn't learn to ride a bike. Which I think that was the stance that she was taking because there was a hard line in the sand at that point where it was like, ride the bike or go inside. So right. she was like, I'm going inside, man. Yeah, well, she was over it. She's yeah. reached her frustration level, too. Right. So, like, it's not... It's not the day to keep trying to learn to ride the bike. And at this again, point. matching matching tone. That was that was what was brought on Cody's side. So then, yeah, she's gonna she's gonna go inside. Right. So I can understand from the dad's standpoint, though. You are trying to push your kid. You are trying to better them. You're trying to get them out of their comfort zone. There's safe ways to get out of your comfort zone and get somebody else out of their comfort zone. And there are really traumatizing ways to get someone out of their comfort zone. And for truly. She's already seems like kind of an anxious kid. Like when mm-hmm. Christine brought home the dog for Christmas and stuff, you know, it was like, that was scary for yeah, her. She's she, very sensitive, very sensitive, very quiet. She's kind of soft-spoken, a little reserved, but in those moments there, she, yeah, she has, she has the ability to at least assert talk herself, assert herself and talk through these things too. So it's like, if Cody had kind of explained or said, what are you scared about? How can I make you feel comfortable about that? You know, if she's afraid of falling, it's like, well, I got you. You know, like, I'm going to hang on to you. I'm not going to let it go. Well, he also didn't do that. He was just like letting go of her and stuff. So, yeah. It was a good luck. Not yeah. handled very well. Right. So Cody gives up for the day. And now the producers give us a hodgepodge of all different random shots of Chicago from various neighborhoods. Yeah, we were all over the place. And they go to Ravenswood for lunch. And the family does what it does best, start pressuring their children into getting married. And they start asking about wedding plans. You guys have been engaged for like, what, five months? Haven't you planned the whole wedding yet? Come on, what the hell? So Mariah and Audrey reveal that they haven't really even started making plans. And they're pretty overwhelmed by the whole idea of planning a wedding. That Audrey's mom gave them a book on how to plan a wedding. And they opened the book. And then immediately closed the book and were overwhelmed and didn't even know where to begin with that. Mm -hmm. They said that they didn't even have an attendee list confirmed. So how do you plan a wedding if you don't even know who you're bringing? Now, Mary tells Mariah that she wants to throw her an engagement party that's separate from the one that her sisters already want to throw her. And this idea does not go over very well. Yeah, Mariah responds to it a little... A little strange. It was a little standoffish. She like wasn't looking at Mary, but she's sitting right next to her. Yeah. Mostly confusion, concern. She was super uncomfortable about the entire conversation. I think that maybe she felt like Mary brought it up in front of a group of people thinking that she would just go along with it because there's kind of that group pressure. Because, I mean, Mariah didn't even call to tell Mary that she got engaged. Right. It doesn't it doesn't seem it doesn't like, seem like she wants her involved in the process very much at no, all. No, no, it doesn't seem like she wants Mary to be her party planner. Mary was bummed, though, outright bummed when Mariah said no to this. But then Mary reveals that she wanted it to be at the mayor B&B. And that's why this would be so special. So be aside from what her sisters are going to throw. It's going to be in addition to that. 
you can have a whole separate set of people who are going to be there was how she was trying to sell it. It's not like you're having two parties, the same party twice, because we'll invite different people to each party. I'm your bio mom. And it's it's not it's really not improving Mariah's outlook on it. No, Audrey's she, all on all in on it, though. She's she's down to party, man. Yeah. Right. She's good to go. (laughs) She's like, yeah, dude. Christine tries to justify it then by saying, you know, there's two brides, so two parties. That's fine. It's not weird. That works. That makes, that just makes makes perfect sense. And like you said, Audrey is up for a party. Super down. She's like, look, if any of these bitches want to throw me a party, I'll take a party. I'll take all the parties. I'll take all the parties. I'll come to all of them. So I really hope that Mary learned a lesson here because she's such a fan of surprises that she should have just planned a party and had it been a surprise. Right. That would have been an excellent showcase for Mary's skills. And it gets you around ever even having to ask and get permission. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. (laughs) Janelle doesn't give us any opinion on this entire topic. She takes Mary's route for once. Yeah. And she says that she doesn't have an opinion because nothing she says is going to win. Yeah, Janelle's phoning it in this episode, but that's all right. She can take an episode off. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was really sad, though, because now Christine is trying to make Mary feel better. And she tells her that, you know, there were so many things that she tried to throw by Aspen for her wedding that she didn't want to do or that she said were weird or that she thought were dumb and she didn't just kind of brush them off. So because Mary goes right to the poo poo of, um, well, Mariah said no, because I think it would be cool. And Mariah has to say that it's not cool because I think it would be cool. And it's like, all right. All right, Mary. I all mean, right. that's pretty. That's a pretty good summary. But all right, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like a, yeah, most daughters. Yeah, with well, their moms. Reaction. You know, Mariah's acting like she's never heard of a couple that have had two engagement parties, <laughs> which is actually a pretty normal it's a, thing. It's kind of a normal thing now, especially, especially for couples who live in different places yeah. than the rest of their family. Absolutely, that's pretty normal that you might have a party where you live with your friends, people you work with you know, whoever you know from there. And then you might go home and have a party that's thrown by your family. Or if your spouse-to-be is from a different place, that your family would throw you a party and then their family might throw a party. So I think maybe Mariah is just trying to avoid engagement party overload because we're already racking it up. And then, yeah, if Audrey ends up having one too, then that's going to be like three, maybe four that they're going to have to do because if they do one in Chicago with Chicago friends... And one for Audrey and then one from her sisters in Flagstaff and then one at the Mayor B&B. Maybe, but they never mentioned that Audrey's family wanted to throw one. So it's true. Yeah. I'm making assumptions. Right. Well, you're trying to justify why she was being such a bitch, but there really wasn't anything to justify it. So (laughs) tough break, Mayor. (laughs) Cut your losses. Tough shit. All that they've talked about so far for the wedding is the month that they want to have it in which is September. Yeah, they're real big on fall. Right. They just haven't talked about the actual year when that fall will take place. They were thinking about maybe 2022, but they're not sure if they want to wait that long. Or maybe they're waiting out the show to be canceled because, you know, Cody is probably foaming at the mouth Mm -hmm. for those polig lesbian wedding ratings. Oh, God. You know he's thinking about it. Yeah, he's ready to dig in. He's like, this is the first gay wedding that will ever be featured on TLC. I don't know if that's true, guys. Don't quote me on that. Cody thinks it's the first Uh, gay wedding that will ever be featured on TLC. Cody only watches Sister Wives. That's all he watches. If he was watching 90 Day Fiance, 
there'd be a fifth wife. Right. So despite skipping the wedding plans, Mariah and Audrey have talked about having babies already. Even though Mary doesn't know how that would scientifically work. No, she's still trying to figure that out because Mariah didn't explain it to her back when she came out. <laughs> I loved that flashback, though, where Mariah's like, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to explain it to her, so she can <laughs> figure it out. Oh, now flash to Robin. Robin says, well, they should be talking about kids. There's two wombs. Okay. Also, I just want to point out that she said there's, not there are. There's okay. two wombs. Oh, Robin. I hate Robin so much. Robin... Uh- it's like she thinks like newsflash robin pushing kids out isn't the only function that women have in this world maybe making right robin's like wait there's two women there's two wombs Mm -hmm. that means two babies more babies at, at, at a minimum she doesn't really know how those babies come to be but she knows more ladies equal more babies and she can't ask mary there's no shortcuts here on this there's no cheat sheet on this quiz Mariah isn't interested in giving birth, who, I mean, who Zero can blame her? <laughs> interest in giving birth. I don't think most women are interested in giving birth. It's or, just, yeah. it's kind of a thing you have to endure if you want the baby, yeah. but can't blame her for checking out on that one. No, not knocking her. Especially when you've witnessed many of your mothers and your siblings give birth in a bedroom in one of your homes. It's trauma. I would say, yeah, that'd be pretty traumatic and, and appalling. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't help sell the idea. Now, the best part to cap off this section is that Mary seems to think that Mariah is coming around about the Maribian Bee Party, which, uh, okay. Sure. We'll see about that. I think she was just trying to appease you a little bit to shut you up from talking about it because she didn't want to address it any further, but we'll see what happens maybe next season. Good news is Audrey's on board. You don't have to convince her to have another party, guys. She's in. (laughs) She'll be there. Send her the invite. She's going to be there. Now Mariah and Audrey take all the sister wives and their two dogs to the Montrose Dog Beach. I love this beach. Montrose Beach is fantastic. We used to go there all the time. Now Robin complains that it's cold, which Robin, I don't know if you know anything about Chicago, but it's cold. Yeah, Robin was referring to it as it's a cold and rainy day and they're talking about going to the beach with the dogs and then kind of like side eye and then like chuckles like yeah she was like wrapped in a windbreaker like shaking in the background and it was like robin if we waited for a warm sunny day we would never get to go to the beach robin this is the nicest it's been in eight months there's you know just there's just about 80 percent cloud cover yeah so we're gonna get some uv rays today yeah gotta get out there get it while you can i was a little concerned that they took most be over to the to the water and floated him. No, he was bit. doing air swimmies. I know he was doing air swimmies, but some of the dogs were in the water, and I was just thinking it's probably that that water does not get warm. I love the air swimmies though. That was <laughs> cute. That was really cute. Uh, so moving from that, we flash back to Mariah coming out a few years ago, and it is shocking footage, mostly because Christine's mother looks younger than most of the sister wives do at this point. Yeah, I have no explanation for that. I, I didn't know who it was, and then they, no, they put the she, caption on she it. She is like the Benjamin Button of grandmas. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just love the, uh, I'm gay. Are you really? Are you really? Really? Re- really. really? <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> it was a pretty big deal. Everyone hugs Mariah, but Mary. 
And at least we do get Mary here expressing some regret about the way that she reacted to it. And she says that she's grateful that Mariah had three other moms who reacted better than the way that she did, which I don't often defend Mary. And I really don't like defending Mary for the way she reacted to Mariah coming out because that was horrible. And I can't imagine treating your child like that. But I do want to put out there that Mariah came out on TV with a bunch of cameras there. And for anybody who's been through that experience, at least from from what I know of it, often parents don't react very well and they regret it later. There's kind of like this shock that some parents go through of hearing that. And then actually Mary talks about the fact that she had to kind of come to terms with the fact that Mariah's life was not going to be the way she pictured it to be. Yeah, it's not... It's not so much out of... It's not always out of ignorance about no, it's what usually, it's like to be part it's of... It's usually with ignorance. Uh, <laughs> no, it's the. It's not usually out of a like resentment or you know a hateful type of reaction, but it, it you can have a negative reaction to it for sure because on that initial go of it, you're going to have the reaction where they're going to ask stupid questions or like try and talk you out of it type of response. It was unfair. It's unflattering. It felt unflattering and a bit unfair to have her reaction captured on camera when she clearly didn't have any sort of idea that this was coming. And yeah, it was not a positive. Right. And just the fact that a, a lot of people, this is the thing that like most people fear when they come out to their parents is how they're going. I mean, that's that's what you're afraid of is how are people going to react when I tell them? So to kind of capture that moment on television was it wasn't surprising that it was like cringeworthy to watch the reaction to it. But and, and the again, saying that the Mary wasn't upset that Mariah was gay. She was upset that she now had to let go of all of these expectations that she had in her mm-hmm. heart for her child. And let's let's process this. Let's think about Mary a little bit and who she is. Mary has been through a lot of things in her life that I don't think she ever thought she was going to go through. She seems to have had a very clear picture of what she wanted her life to be. And it's almost like as she's approached each step of it, it has not worked out the way that she had planned. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like, here's another thing in Mary's life, more of a personal issue. Right. Like, here's another thing in my life that isn't going the way that I thought it would. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of blows up her universe again. Yeah. So. I think it was more about that. Um, Hopefully it was more about that. I know that, you know, their religion, like most organized religions, isn't very welcoming to the LGBTQ community, which is, you know, messed up. But yeah, Christine was talking about how it's it's terrible to reject your kids for who they are. And she couldn't even like formulate that as an idea. You know, it was like sickening to her that people would turn their backs on their kids for any reason. So I mean, this is just another another standpoint where Mariah talks about how in the organized religion, you can be marginalized, basically, and overlooked or kind of downtrodden because you don't fit the bill. Mm-hmm. But the good you're news is- You're there, but you don't mean as much. You don't contribute as much because you're not- You're not allowed to. Yeah. You're not allowed to. You're not, you're not 100% the mold that they want. Right. So they don't want your participation 100%. So the beautiful thing here is that Mariah said that she she has felt that 
sort of rejection from organized religion, but she's never felt that in her family. So I think that was a really big takeaway here for this episode. I wonder if there's an asterisk there, though, and it's I've never felt that from my family, but my mom. Or it's hard to know whether the resentment that Mariah appears to have towards Mary is related to coming out or if it's related to the catfish Catfish. incident. And maybe it's a combination of the two things together and kind of how the communication in their relationship was at the time. But those things overlap so closely in the timeline that it's, it's hard to understand like what the root of her issue with Mary is. Did Mariah come out before the catfish stuff? came out it was after the catfish okay so mariah came out after the catfish incident so that was already something that she had against her mom and then and then the way she reacted and then mary reacted negatively too so it was kind of like double whammy of disappointments i guess right and then think about the fact that your mother has just done something that's really shameful sinful yeah sinful against your religion against the values of their religion and of their family. And then you come out and your mother treats you or reacts the way that she does. That would feel like, how do you have any position to judge me when you've done what you've done? The other thing that complicates this further is the fact that Mary was probably super shocked because Mariah was the most outspoken child about not only being part of their faith, but then also being a sister wife when she grew up. Like, that was what she wanted to do. She was the only child who talked about that consistently, that that was something that she wanted. My absolute favorite part of the episode was when Mariah took us down the what-if path of considering life without moving to Vegas and what her life would have looked like, Mm -hmm. which it would have been get married to a man with a few wives be there for a few years, hate my life, and then eventually leave. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like anybody we know? It does sound familiar. I feel like I've heard that story before when you lay it out just point to point like that. And I feel like we're on that second to last step where they're hating their life, but they haven't left yet. And we're not trying to make any connection that Mary is at all gay. Guys, I'm not saying that Mary's gay. I'm saying that she doesn't want to live polygamy. Right. That maybe Mary... She Mary, has, That Mary has regrets. Mary went down a path that she felt she had to go down. She did it. Now she has regrets about it, and she wants to leave it. I mean, that's... Whereas Mariah looked at it before, realized that there are other options, and took that opportunity to leave. To live her life to as, live. She who, as she wanted to be. Right. Or to, to live her life as the person she wanted to be rather than the person that she thought she was expected to be for the outline of their their faith. Exactly. There are some parallels. I feel like that was pretty similar. And then Mariah says that Cody apparently had some type of conversation at God with some point, and God told him, you love, I judge. So that's how Cody lives his life. And, you know, she speaks, she speaks about Cody with a lot of respect, which is really interesting when then you put it next to the way she reacts to, to Mary. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, if this is Cody loving, I wouldn't want Cody to love me. <laughs> if this is love, I don't want it. Back in Flagstaff, Cody is starting to get the moving process going. He's getting the kids onto Coyote Pass and showing Robin's kids where they'll be camping permanently in seven weeks if they don't buy a house. Subconsciously, yeah, he's 
<laughs> He's doing a lot of stuff in the background here. So they're camping. They're eating food again alongside the prairie dogs. They're making hobo dinners, you guys, because we got to gear up. We're out of the house in seven weeks, so uh, we better get used to this. And now Cody tells us that if, you know, if he if he were a dick, basically, he would just go off and put an offer on a house while Robin was gone out of town. Hey, while the cat's away, the nut will play. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Aurora tells us that she is still having tremors and twitching. And she's doing an A-plus job of hiding it, too. She's not bringing this up to Cody at all. No, she's, she's still texting stressed. Robin. She's stressed. She's texting Robin. She's trying to hide it from everybody. She's hanging in the corner. It's not too hard to get something by Cody because he's not really paying that close of attention. Yeah, God bless him. Dad's a scatterbrain. He's really trying, and I appreciate the effort of him trying. <laughs> that's a that's a five-star review. You know, Cody thinks, though, that this camping experience is exactly why he wanted one home. Because you can't camp on your property when you live in four different houses, but you all live on the same piece of land. Can't do that. Can't camp by the pond. No, he's ta- he's talking about something something bigger here. He's talking about he's talking about unity. He's talking right. about the camaraderie. He's talking about the family force here, and all being under one roof. And that that roof right now is God's sky. <laughs> it's the night sky, and it's the coyotes that are howling, waiting for them to finish up okay. their them foil dinners. Okay, when they were like, "I hear a coyote," I was like. The fuck? This place is called Coyote Pass because there are real coyotes? Yeah, haven't you seen no. them? They've cut them? They've cut to them before. No, no, no. Just no, like cruising no, around no, in the woods? Nope, nope, no, no. I thought that was like some National Geographic B-roll that they just Or like they how cut they cut to. to Roscoe when they were in Chicago, but they're, they're nowhere near Halstead and Roscoe. Right, exactly. Yeah. But no, there are real fucking coyotes around here, guys. So that's it. I'm out. I say sell this piece of land. Trash it. Get rid of it. Well, no, it's increasing in value, so they got to hang on to it a little bit longer. You don't even need to build. I'm not living out there in a tent. We well, yeah. get mauled by a coyote in the middle of the night. Were they going to stay out in tents? Did they pitch tents? No. I don't think Cody would no, survive but, outdoors. No, but that's the logical way this is going to evolve because they don't have a house to live in. Truly's still all about the big house, and Cody's still selling, trying to get these kids on board while their mom's away. Guys, if we can move into one big house, I'm going to line the pond so it doesn't evaporate as fast. <laughs> We'll put some fish in it. It'll be great. Best case scenario at this point is that they build in a year. So. Well, Carly, that's not only the best case scenario. That's also the worst case scenario. Cody doesn't want to speculate on it. He doesn't want to build any sort of expectation for what they're going to be doing. So his best case is that they start building within a year. And their worst case is that they're building in a year. It's costing us a lot. That was very uh, Robin-esque of him, wasn't it? Ruben-esque. Rubenesque. That's a, that's another Chicago deep track. You're welcome. It's costing us a lot, but it's giving us hope. Back in Chicago, the ladies are going axe throwing in Portage Park. Yeah, we're throwing axes because that's what you that's what you do in Chicago. Like five years ago, <laughs> it was like yeah. the hot thing to do. No one. They were the only people in there because no one else is going to throw axes at that place anymore. Yeah. Well, in broad daylight, too. Most of the time, it's just company trips that'll go out there and everybody just gets hammered drunk. And then you're throwing axes and then it's fun. I also feel the need to point out that as we are walking you through location to location, it is very obvious that a producer must have been driving them everywhere. Because let me tell you what a pain in the ass it would be 
to be going from each of these places. Oh, they're expensing these Ubers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Robin is not getting on a train. No. No, she's not taking the L anywhere. She would be on the green line and the pink line so fast. They wouldn't be They They're like, no, we cannot put no. her in this scenario. No, 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 no. Robin is on the red line going to 95th. Oh, man. She's not getting out. If you go to Chicago and you're from out of town, there's nothing that you need to go to 95th for. No. There's nothing that you need to be on the pink line for. There's nothing that you need to be on the green line for. I just saved you so much time and trouble. <laughs> Even if Google tells you nope. that you could use one of those trains, nope. just don't. Don't do that. Don't just, do that. Just stick on the orange line, the brown line, the red line, the blue line. Blue line. Blue line, pretty much if you're going to the airport. Yeah. But uh, some things to to keep in mind. Yeah. It's good. It, this is good. Let's this just good to know. eliminate most chances for error. Right. So the good news is here, they're in Portage Park, right on the edge of Irving Park there. And we know that it's across the street from a Binnie's because I saw the Y on the sign across the street. Mm-hmm. So just out of the just little corner of the screen, we saw that Y. We knew exactly what that was. The Binnie's guys where Mary's stocking up before she goes throwing these axes. <laughs> yeah. She's filling she, her flask. She's like, oh, I got to go off across the street here. I'll, I'll meet you guys inside. Guys, Binnie's is like a Costco if it just sold alcohol. And there's so many of them all over Chicago. They're you know, beautiful. Mary is going to be disappointed, though, because you cannot buy airline size bottles. Yeah, we did learn that the hard way. I learned that, guys. That's a bummer. I tried buying a large quantity of airline size bottles of tequila for our wedding. Yeah, not to send to Mary. Not to. <laughs> Unrelated. Not to stock my wet bar with. Unrelated. So now we learn Audrey played men's tackle football in high school. So that's pretty impressive. That's not bad. She's fun. I want more Audrey. Yeah, more Audrey, please. I just want, like, Audrey comes on vacation. She leaves Mariah in Chicago, and she comes on vacation, and she stays with Christine. Oh, yeah. I want to see that show. The Audrey and Christine. Audrey, Christine, and Truly show. Oh, yeah. I want that special. Maybe they could do some arts and crafts. um... Throw some axes. Yeah, you can throw some axes. Betcha Truly will be good at that. She won't ride a fucking bike, but she's going to throw an axe. She'll throw an axe at you. Keep asking her to ride a bike. You're going to see how quick she can throw an axe. So they're busy throwing those axes. And Mariah's pretty good. Mary sucks because, you know. But, but it ends up being Mary against Mariah for the for the final. here. Because So kind of overview. Janelle's kind of getting it. She had it sticking. It was not on target. But it at least stuck into the board. So she's trying. Yeah. Mary is not really having a good time with it. Robin doesn't understand how axes work or function in general. She's asking the person to help her figure out which which side sharp. What's the pointy side? Where does it go? So she's having all kinds of issues. Christine picks up on it pretty quick, too. But yeah, it ends up being Mariah versus Mary for the finals there. Mm -hmm. And now Mary's vodka kicks in. So she's seen a little bit of double and she doesn't she can't she can't get that axe in in the circle anymore. Yeah, Yeah, it's off target. Uh, they're all really into it, though. Uh, they really like the axe throwing. They want to do this more. So, you know, take the tradition home to Coyote Pass. Yeah, right. absolutely. They have a lot of trees there. Plenty of trees. You know, Mary's trees. So specifically, they got a lot to cut down. So they're going to have to get on that when they get back. Got to clear a path. Now they go to eat again, because honestly, that's like 90 percent of a trip to Chicago. Yeah, you got to eat. And they're at Son of a Butcher in Logan Square. I've never been there. No. I'll give it to him though. We're getting a little we're getting a little on the fringe now. They're getting a little scared, you know. Yeah. We're off the blue line. Robin is terrified. 
Robin makes it all about her now. So I, I want to really break this down because it's been it's been such a treat. This happened quickly, but it was amazing. Yes, there was an exchange that took place and we're ready to break it down. Robin, I'm sorry that I've been such a because then Mariah's like, no. Yep. No, no, it's OK. It's OK. And she's making a face like she's nope. She's already seeing that Robin is about to have a full blown sob fest. These are all of these are turning into Sobbin. It's all of Robin's tells that it's something's coming. Storm's coming. Mm-hmm. Troubles are brewing. And Mariah has no patience for it. And she's trying to stop it before it even starts. But the train has left the station. You know, we we were having such a nice meal. <laughs> uh, we were going to sit down. We were going to talk about throwing the axes. But here comes Robin. Robin says, I feel like I've been in my own head. Like I've been a party pooper. Robin's been in her own head. What do you think that trip is like? <laughs> That is perhaps the scariest part of this whole thing. I'm going to have to, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. If I guess, you know, if you're stuck, you're Robin and you're stuck in your own head, you're probably a bit distressed at this point. Uh, Yeah. So I'm starting to understand why she's close to a breakdown. Now, Christine says, I thought you were definitely being a party pooper. Clearly being sarcastic, clearly joking. Everyone at the table erupts in laughter. Robin even laughs to hide the pain. (laughs) And Robin begins her descent. Mary right away, which I don't know, suddenly Mary and Robin are best friends again ever since Robin came over to Mary's rental and bitched on the couch with her about how much she hates Cody now. BFFs. And so she leans over to Christina and tells her, will you stop? This is going to go in your lap. Glass of water. She's got a glass of water. She's going to dump it on Guys, we almost have a Janelle Evans level of interaction right here. She's going to throw that glass of water and she's going to disappear. That would have been something to see. We did not get that, though. Uh, So then Christine immediately goes to apologizing to Robin. Right. Because at this point, Robin is legit upset and crying. We're on damage control now. Phase two. So Christine apologizes. I'm sorry about that last part. And suddenly we're in the movie Step Brothers because Mary tells Christine to shut her mouth. And then Christine says, I'm going to punch you in the face. (laughs) She was so straight on that delivery, too. I loved it. That was amazing. (laughs) Absolutely incredible. And I want to see more of it. Robin reveals that the reason that she's so upset is because Aurora has been having panic attacks while she's been gone in Chicago and that she's been having to text her to kind of talk her down from them. So her kids need her. And in the meantime, she's been busy doing things like throwing axes and eating deep dish pizza. So she's feeling a little guilty. You know, priorities and, you know, arranging your level of focus, depending on the situation. So yeah, she's got kids melting down. She's got a bunch of shit that she's got to take care of. They're still at the table and, you know, they are attempting to transition the conversation now away from Robin's sob fest. And yeah, Mariah and Audrey immediately cheer Robin up by mentioning that uh, they signed a two year lease. (laughs) So yeah, that gets her right out of her rut. That was amazing. And Mary talks about how great it is that they sign this two-year lease because they'll have that stability through the time that they finish school and they can move on to planning a wedding. Now Christine initiates a toast, which... This is her second toast of the episode. Right. We've seen this. (laughs) Because they toasted with water at Gino's. Right. Now this is, again, Christine loves to initiate a toast. She loves toast. She loves a good toast. And Mary rips on her in the couch interview about how Christine has to get her toasts this way since she can't have them in the toaster. 
a reference back to an earlier season. Uh, because Christine hates toasters. She at one point banned them from her home because they're more dangerous than sharks. In case you didn't know, the more you know. I still feel like that's wildly inaccurate. <laughs> that's quite a claim. Well, I mean, the chances that you are going to get shocked by a toaster versus encounter a shark. Well, yeah, shock, I sharks can't shock you. Sharks can't shock you. They'll <laughs> bite you, though. And I can understand if you live in Las Vegas or Utah or Flagstaff, if you live in those non-oceanic locations... Well, of course, you're never going to encounter You're never going to, yeah, zero percent chance. So, unfair statistic. Yeah, little loaded facts there. There's no sharks in the in the pond. Wait till we go back to that episode. Wait till we go back to the old seasons. I can't wait. And you you get to see Robin try to teach Christine to oh. make eggs in a in a microwave. Oh my god, she doesn't like microwaves either. Wait, I don't like microwaves either. <laughs> so, next week. They are looking at houses and Cody starts telling Aurora more things to give her a panic attack. Like not only is she going to lose her house, uh, she's probably going to lose all her friends in the school that she has just recently adjusted to because this house is not in her school district. Christine laughs with Aspen about the biggie housey, which I'm really looking forward to. And Cody is pissed that they could have stayed in Vegas and saved a fortune. Have you heard the good news? Our listener survey is live. Help us to make the podcast even better by letting us know your opinions. You can find the link to the listener survey in the show notes or by clicking the survey button on our Podbean page. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on iTunes. And a big thanks to you, our fellow survivors out there. You're not alone. And we can all get through this together. You can follow us on Twitter at surviving underscore pod, where we live tweet the new episodes every Sunday night. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.